your mind. Matthew 13, 44 through 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field. The which when a man hath found, he hideth. And for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Lord, help us today. Lord, I thank you so much for the presence of the Lord that has filled this sanctuary. Thank you for each and every one who has came here today. But Lord, we thank you, Lord, for a plan that you have for this service and for every individual here this morning. Help me deliver your word, oh, in a way that you would be pleased. And God, help us all to receive it. I pray for your anointing. Help me deliver. And God, I pray for the unction and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And have your way in every life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. I want to preach on this thought. And we'll be back. Let me say this. We'll be back in revival service tonight with Brother Xavier. Uh, His revival in Illinois was postponed to June. And after we found that out, I asked him to be back again tonight for tonight's service. He's at Life Point this morning with Brother Nicholas and uh, praying for that service. But I want to preach this morning on this thought, priceless treasure, priceless treasure. What is the meaning of priceless treasure? Well, it is so valuable that no one would ever be able or would want to sell it or be able to purchase it. But since a price is what it costs to buy something, everything has a price. But a priceless things cannot be bought. They're too valuable. People sometimes talk about priceless treasures, but it's something only a millionaire could buy. That's priceless to us. But a priceless treasure could be something that is of a family uh, heirloom, something that a grandfather or parent or a loved one that gave you, and there's no money can buy it because it doesn't have a monetary value to that. So that would be what we would call a priceless treasure to a degree. But in our scripture text, this refers to two things among several that is likened to the kingdom of God. If you notice in these two stories or parables, it begins likened to the kingdom of God. This is what it's comparing this to. Amen. It's likened to the kingdom of God. And one of those was that a man is like a treasure hid in the field, and which a man had found it, he hideth it. But joyfully, not regretfully, when we find, the most valuable, most precious, most important thing in life. It is a joy and not a regret that we may let go of everything else and pursue after that treasure. 
And so he goeth, selleth all that he hath, and he buyeth the field to secure the treasure. The next parable is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, everybody said great price, he went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. And this descriptive this morning is two men who were living a good life per se, probably financially okay. Didn't say they were wealthy by any measure, but they found this. And when they found it, they had to have been looking for something greater than what they had. Hello, somebody. When you found the Lord, you were looking for something greater than what you had. I know when God got my attention at 29 years of age, I began to look for something that was greater than anything I had ever had. I thank God for this Acts 2.38 message. I thank God for the truth of the power of the Holy Ghost. I thank God for a truth that will change your life and an experience that will turn your around, but an experience that will give you something that money cannot buy. I I couldn't buy those things, Sister Dillon, that I was needing in my life. I could go buy a new truck. I did that every year. I could go buy equipment. I did that monthly almost. I could buy property, and I did that. I could build a new house, and I did that. I could do all those things at that young age, but there were things that were missing in my life that were vacant, that were void. And without them, I was incomplete. Hello, somebody. But when we found it, you know what I'm preaching about this morning. You've been down that road, a lot of you. But when you found that that didn't fulfill, that did not satisfy, that did not meet the need of a hungry and a thirsty soul because everybody has a soul and there's a void in that soul that only God can fill. We try to fill it with alcohol. We try to fill it with drugs. We try to fill it with various things only to come up empty because it is a reservation that God put in every man a measure of faith and in that soul it's only reserved for him come on you ever reserved something you got there and they already let somebody else have it kind of aggravates you on it well God has reserved a place in our heart it's called our soul and nothing else can possess it really. Nothing can satisfy it. Nothing else can really fill it like God can because it's a place that he has reserved into every person born that he wants to come and live inside of it. You think about it. If you want to go somewhere, you, you better reserve your room, an Airbnb or a condo or something. Are you going to show up? You may not have nowhere to stay. God is no different. When we were born, and conceived in the womb, God had a reservation, Brother Dylan, in our soul that says one day they're going to realize they need God. One day they're going to see the emptiness of life. One day they're going to hear about me and about my gift of the Holy Ghost. And when they do, there's a place already reserved. Aren't you thankful today that God is a reservation reserved for him only in your soul? Oh, praise God. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. 
the pearl of great price. It's a treasure hidden in the field. It represents what is more valuable to us, not only than what we personally own, but more valuable to us than what the entire world possesses. There's nothing more precious and more valuable to us than salvation, than the kingdom of God. There is nothing, no matter what we're in pursuit of, no matter what we reach for or dream of, there is nothing ever that will even come close to being of the value of the kingdom of God. Now, you know the story as well as I know it. You just don't decide to get in the kingdom and sign a roll or shake a hand. Come on, somebody. Or make a profession. But we are only way we can get into this kingdom, but it is an entryway that God has reserved for all of us and that we must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And without being born again, we can't see the kingdom. Without being born of the water of the Spirit, we can't enter the kingdom. And there's no way to get there because in verse 6 it says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. The only way we're going to get in the kingdom is we've got to be born into the kingdom of God. But I'm so thankful today that that open entryway, that opportunity is for whosoever will. God is no respecter of person. It doesn't matter our last name. It doesn't matter what our past was. It doesn't matter how deep in sin we have fallen. What matters is, he said, whosoever will, let him come. Well, praise the Lord. That means everybody from the far, far corners of the world, every nationality, every ethnicity, every religion, the agnostics. Come on the unbeliever, the atheist, the Islamics, the Buddhist, the redneck, the alcoholic, the drug addict, the gambler, the prostitute, the shack-uppers. Come on. Hello, somebody. It's for everybody. And we don't need to forget that we've got something that the world needs. And the Bible reminds us uh, if we get a little high-minded that such were some of you. God, let me be reminded every day I used to be in the world. I was lost in sin, but only because of a praying mama and a praying church and a merciful God did I ever find my way out. Well, praise the Lord. Somebody predicted that I might be a little long-winded since I hadn't preached in your three weeks. I, I'm trying not to do that. I don't know how hard I'm trying, but I'm trying. Somebody say the kingdom. How do you put a price? We're talking about priceless treasures. How do you put a price on a redeemer who died in our place? How do you put a price on redemption of Calvary? How do you put a price on the blood that washes away all our sins? You can't because it's a priceless treasure. First Peter 1 and 18 said, For as much as you know 
that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by the tradition from your fathers. Watch this, but with the precious, everybody say precious, precious blood of Christ. It is a priceless treasure. There's nothing can wash away my sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus. It is a priceless treasure. It's not the blood of bulls and goats that can wash away my sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm telling you, saints of God, help us to never take for granted the blood of Jesus. Help us to never live a life that would trap us through the blood again as though he never died or never forgiven us and we could live in sin. God, help us today to realize that precious, priceless treasure of the blood. How do you put a price on good health? You can't. How do you put a price on life? You can't. The Bible says, skin for skin, all that a man hath will he give for his life. Millions and billions of dollars are spent on saving one life, if that's what it takes. Because when it comes to saving a life, you pull out all stops. You throw caution to the wind. Money's no big, I mean, it's a big deal, but money's not the object. Because there's no price you can put on a life. And if you can't put a price on a life that's going to live 70 plus years or less. How in the world do we ever think we could put a price on eternity? A, a eternity that's going to last forever. Come on, somebody. A priceless treasure is a place called heaven that we can spend eternity with Jesus Christ. How can you put a price on heaven? You can't. How can you put a price on gates of pearl? Streets of gold and walls of jasper, you can't. How can you put a price on coming to a place that there be no more sadness, no sorrow, no tear, no more pain, and no more death, no more hospitals, no more cancers, no more heart disease, no more divorces, no more drug addiction. There's no sin anywhere around. How can you put a price? People will pay mega dollars if they can afford it to live in certain neighborhoods in certain cities because of safety and home value. But what about heaven? How can you put a price on heaven? Come on, I'm preaching this morning for one purpose, is I'm reaching for souls that have yet to taste this glorious gift that is a priceless treasure called the Holy Ghost. There's nothing else you'll ever partake of that can change your life the way the Holy Ghost can. There's nothing else that you can, that you can have that will give you the joy that the Holy Ghost can. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. If we're not careful, we'll pursue the things of this world and we'll miss the things of heaven. Come on somebody. Hey look, I've had all this world I want. All we want now is to keep our eyes fixed on heaven because if I don't get anything else in this world, if we could just get heaven, we've got the most priceless treasure ever. How can you put a price on a great marriage? You can't. How can you put a price on your children? Would you wouldn't even try. 
I don't know, my brother said one time, he said, I wouldn't take a million dollars for my children, but I wouldn't give you a nickel for nothing just like them. <laughs> I'm not that way. I'd give a little more than a nickel. <laughs> I'm picky. But how do you put a price on that? Because see, when you had your first child, you just thought you knew what love was. You, you just thought loving your spouse was love. You thought loving a parent, but when you had that first baby, there's something supernatural took place and you found what real love was because there's nothing like the love for your own child and your grandchild. Come on, somebody. How do you put a price on that? You'd bankrupt everything you got if it would save your grandchildren or your children. You'd sell everything you have. You'd borrow, beg, and steal if that's what it took to save one life of your children. Why? Because it's a priceless treasure you can't put a price on. What about your children's health? Come on, somebody. That's a priceless treasure to know that our children are in good health. What about the priceless treasure to knowing that our children are born again of the water and of the spirit and know that they're going to be raised in church, knowing they're going to learn this glorious gospel, knowing they're going to be raised and nurtured in the truth and they're going to live the best life. I'm not saying we're exempt from problems because we all know that we're not, but if we raise our children in church, that is one of the most priceless treasures you're ever going to give them. My mama didn't leave me not one thing as an inheritance. My dad didn't leave me one thing as an inheritance. I didn't take anything that they had. But let me tell you, my mama left me something that was worth more than the richest man on this earth and all of them put together because my mama left me a priceless treasure of a praying mama, of a mama that walked with God, a mama that knew what real holiness was on the inside and on the outside. My mama gave me an example that nobody else could give me. My mama gave me that life of prayer and she prayed and she fought hell and she interceded until her family got right with God. How can you put a price on a mama's prayer, Sister Dylan? You can't do it. How can you put a price? Let me tell you, I, I was in pursuit of business and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I mean, it's not. The Bible teaches us good stewardship. We need to do good things like that. But that was my goal. That was my concept of life and my pursuit. But I did not even know. And look, I didn't part, pity party because I was born poor, poor, poor. I wasn't born poor. I was born poor, poor, poor. There's a difference. But, I, you know, I didn't realize I was that poor. Because we never had nothing. If you never had nothing, you don't know the difference. Come on. But I didn't realize what I really had because when I'd be so drunk, I couldn't find my way to a bedroom to even undress my clothes. And I'd fall across that bed and I'd hear my mama in there praying, Brother Dylan, in that little short, in that little small bathroom. In the words I heard her pray, God, don't let my babies die lost. I didn't know that priceless treasure that I had that right at that time. I didn't realize that little 98 pound woman had given me a priceless treasure of praying and interceding with my soul. Brother Jeremy, how you put a price on a praying mama? Can't do it, can you? You can't put a price on a praying daddy. 
You can't put a price on that because it's going to be there when nothing else is. It's going to keep you when nothing else will. It's going to keep God covering you and watching over you. There were, there were three times I come this close to death. Three times. I almost drowned one time. Almost had my head run over. They barely pulled me out in time before the four-wheel four -wheel drive truck ran over me because I passed out drunk behind the wheel. And then of an overdose. It, it was just nothing but the grace of God that they got me back. Come on, somebody. You think that's good luck? No, that's some money can't buy, my friend. That's a priceless treasure. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this house right now. Some of you are here because of a priceless treasure that God ain't gave up on you because somebody gave you a priceless treasure. Somebody's interceding with God. Somebody's waking up at the midnight hour and pleading the blood. They don't know where you're at, what you're facing, how close you came to death, but God does, and he gives you that priceless treasure. How can you put a price on happiness, hope, peace? You can't buy peace. You can't. One man said they say money can't buy happiness, even buy a boat. That still ain't happiness. How can you buy peace, Brother Dylan? Can you go down there and order it off of Amazon or go down to the local store and mall and purchase well, if you walked up to a counter and your world was broken, your life was upside down, and you said, ma'am, I'd like to buy some peace. She looked at you like you lost your mind. Maybe somebody went to the mall and went to the counter and said, could you guide me to a place here where I could buy some joy? Could you take me to a place I could buy some hope? No, sir, you can't purchase that here anywhere. Hello? Because those are things that money can't buy. I ask a question in the drug program that we have here, and I ask it various times. I'll look into the eyes of the crowd, and I say, how long has it been since you felt peace in your life? And 99% of those heads will drop. I said, how long has it been since you felt joy? And they will drop again. I said, how long has it been since you felt good about your life and about where it's headed? Tears will begin to flow almost every time. You know how I know how to ask those questions? Because I lived that life when you were in search of hope, but hope wasn't found. When you searched for peace and relief, but you couldn't find it. But oh, on September the 6th, 1988, on a Wednesday night, Brother Dylan, I fell at an altar. This old boy didn't even know how to pray. I simply asked God to forgive me of all my sins. And I remember that prayer. If you'd have heard it, you'd thought, man, that boy don't know how to pray. I said, Lord, you can take my business. You can take my trucks. You can take my land. You can take my home. You can even take my life if you'll save me first. I'm willing to give it all up just to be saved. And about that time, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. Woo! Come on, somebody. 
I'm talking about when you find, we, we've got to get there. The Bible said the treasure was hidden in the field. And the other man was seeking goodly pearl. You got to look for it. Come on. It, it's not anything we just put on a silver platter and say, here it is, because you're not going to take it. But this is something we've got to begin to search for, that there's something more than what I've got. There's something greater than what I'm living. There's something better than this life. And there's this emptiness in my soul, and I can't seem to feel it. But when you find it, woo, I said when you find it, it don't matter what you got to give up. It doesn't matter what you got to walk away from. When you find it, you'll do whatever it takes because it is a priceless treasure. Say it with me, a priceless treasure. I thought about the scripture where it says, we come out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, I thought about when I wasn't living for God. Most of us, all of us to the most degree, before we come to the Lord, and if, you, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost yet, you're probably there now. We're living in darkness is a place of voidness. Living in darkness is a place of no vision. Living in darkness is a place of fear, paranoia, a sense of lostness, and no sense of real direction. That's what darkness is. It's in that darkness you really don't see the hand of God that have protected you through all those seasons. You really don't see it as the hand of God that is still uh, uh, connecting the dots of your life and guiding our life, even though we're not looking for him and we're not serving him. It doesn't stop him from being God. It doesn't stop him from trying to bring his plan to fruition in our lives. We can be far from God and God's still working on a plan because we belong to him. He doesn't give up quickly. He wants us to be saved. He wants us to get to a place that we will be so empty of this life and self that we'll begin to search for that priceless treasure. But when you're there in darkness, you don't see it. You don't feel it. We don't recognize it. But he said, he brought us out of darkness. Here, Think about this. John even said it in John 1 and 4 and 5. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Anybody ever been there? I was there. I didn't, I didn't comprehend it. I didn't see what God was doing. Come on. But he was doing it. I'm telling somebody the Holy Ghost this morning, God is working in your life, and you may not even recognize it. God is protected and shielding you from things that would have killed you or destroyed you, but because God's got a plan that he will not abandon, he is still working to carry out his plan, and that is a priceless treasure in itself. But when the light comes, When we come out of darkness into his marvelous light, it opens up a brand new world. 
Come on, somebody. All of a sudden, you begin to see God for who he really is. You begin to see his majesty, and you begin to see his glory. You begin to feel and see his love and his mercy and his goodness in a way that you never see. You can't see that in the dark. But let me tell you something. If you'll let God bring you out of darkness into this marvelous light, it's going to illuminate things. It's going to reveal things. You're going to see a side of life you never imagined that you could see. There's just something about his marvelous light. Everybody say his light. His light is just not an ordinary light. It's going to be that same light. There won't be any lights in heaven. There won't be any night in heaven. Why? Because the light of God will be there. Marvelous. The Hebrew word is pele. It is used for meaning wonderful or watch this, or marvelous things, but it also means miracles. You see, he brings us out of darkness into his miracle light. Hello, somebody. It is a miracle light. It, it, it illuminates things. It allows you to see outside the flesh into the spirit. It allows you to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. There's something about bringing into his marvelous light that opens up a whole new world. And we are in this world, but we're not of this world. We become citizens of another country. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about coming out of darkness. I wonder, God, this morning, there will be those in this building that says, you know what? I'm tired of living in darkness. I want to see that light. I want to live inside that light. I want the miracle of a supernatural work of God that would bring me out of darkness into his marvelous. Webster defines marvelous. That which exceeds natural power. In the scripture, the word marvelous is also used in connection with the word wonder. Isaiah 29 and 14 says, Behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder. I'm talking about a God that wants to do marvelous things. That We use that word marvelous if we're trying to describe something out of this world, something awesome. Oh, it's marvelous. Oh, he's marvelous is what the young lady would say to her mom. Hello. Is he really marvelous? What is the synonyms of marvelous? Astonishing, astounding, awe-inspiring, awesome, breathtaking, extraordinary, fabulous, fantastic, implausible, improbable, Incredible, miraculous, phenomenal, remarkable, spectacular, stunning, unbelievable, unusual, wonderful works. In other words, he brings us out of darkness into his awesome, breathtaking, extraordinary, fabulous, fantastic, implausible, incredible, miraculous, phenomenal, remarkable, spectacular, strange, stunning, unbelievable, unusual, wonderful, wondrous works of the light. Let's stand together. You say, how do you see those things, Brother Robbins? 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12 says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Can I ask a question? 
before you run to this altar to get the Holy Ghost. Have you ever wondered about what God has prepared for you? Ever thought about it? He didn't just throw us down out here like rolling dice on the ground and say, I hope it lands on a good spot. Jeremiah 29 and 11 teaches us that he has good thoughts toward us, to do us good and not evil, to give us an expected end. That's his expectation, his plan. Come on. I'm talking about a God that has a plan. He's prepared. How many lives, and to not be a negative, we need to, we need to consider it. How many lives that he prepares so many things for? They never knew it. They never saw it. They never experienced it. But it was there. You have to discover it. You have to uncover it. You have to have the light to be illuminated to be able to see it. Watch this. But God hath revealed them to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God I'm telling you saints of God every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here today and you've yet to experience the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost can I tell you there was a light that came into this earth Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost and it began to shine bright in the hearts and the lives of men And when they asked what they must do in verse 37 of Acts chapter 2, in verse 38, Peter gave them the plan. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you and to your children, all those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God's calling some people today. He wants you to be born again of the water, baptism in Jesus' name, and the Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And you will enter into His kingdom, the priceless treasure. And you'll begin to experience the light. You'll come out of that darkness. See, you can't comprehend the light till you come out of darkness. Can I preach to you? Can I reach for you? Don't don't live in darkness. Don't leave this world in darkness. Hear me. Hear this pastor reach for you this morning. There's a marvelous light. There's a marvelous life. There's a place that God has. There's a life that he has for you. Don't miss it. I plead with you, don't miss it. Reach for the priceless treasure. Salvation. Eternity. Nothing can even come close. Even the life that we live on earth doesn't come close to the life we'll have in heaven. These altars are open. They've been open. You can come at any point of time. But can I reach for someone this morning? Can God draw you today? 
what would be your response? Lord, I want out of this darkness. I want out. I want to experience your marvelous light. Come on, saints of God, let's pray.